inspiration. I can do anything. Education. Let's do this. And application. Oh boy, this is going to be good. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Keeping us out of the water hazard with some truth therapy. And teeing up solutions for today's big issues. Here's your life caddy, Mr. Scott B. Black. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Have you ever wondered why you don't find any enjoyment anymore? Are you starting to wonder why that you just can't find any satisfaction or delight in anything anymore? Are you finding yourself filled with great concern that maybe you're not meeting your purpose, you're not honoring your God? Are you having a tough time getting connected to things that really used to connect you? Have you found that you've lost your passion and your drive for things that you used to be passionate about and driven for? Today on Like It Matters Radio, that's what we're gonna talk about. People are lonely, people are confused, people are angry, people don't know who to believe, they don't know if they should do blue team or red team, They don't know if Biden's bad and Trump is good or if Trump is evil and Biden's good. They don't know whether they should believe the government or not. And they don't know what news to watch, what's gonna give them the news and what's gonna give them a narrative. So much lost. And so today I wanna bring some hope because that's really what leaders do. They bring hope. Hope peddlers. So today on Like It Matters Radio, we're going to talk about the place that many of us find ourselves in. I want to get in your head because the battle is in the mind. In the study of epigenetics, we understand that we have roughly 30 to 60,000 thoughts per day. We hold on to things that we shouldn't hold on to. What about you? Are you keeping a pound of flesh? Are you keeping a record wrong? Are you holding on to things that are not serving you well? See, we have a tendency to hold on to things from the past that negatively affect us today, and not only today, but into our future. See, we all have a future. However, what goes on our heads and our hearts dictates what we do or do not do. You know, there's much depression, anxiety, confusion, a lack of trust, and with all the struggles of poor mental health, today I want to bring you hope. And today I want you to consider what if. What if the confusion and darkness is not bad, but useful, maybe even productive? So today I'm going to talk about the dark night of the soul. You know, it was Hewlett Packard that had a commercial. They used to say, what if? You know, they come up with this big old problem, then what if? It was all about considering the possibilities, what if? There's an epidemic, a pandemic hitting this world, and especially America, it's in our families, it's in our communities, we see it in work, we see it in play, we see it everywhere. People are angry. People are lost. People are hopeless. You know, yesterday on the radio show, I shared a quote from a journal of, uh, I think it was Ralph Waldo Emerson. 
It was 100 years ago. It was 1823, so exactly 100 years ago. And he said this, imagine hope to be removed from the human breast and see how society will sink, how the strong bands of order and improvement will be relaxed and what a death-like stillness would take the place of the restless energies that now move the world. The scholar will extinguish his midnight lamp. The merchant will furl his white sails and bid them seek the deep no more. The anxious patriot who stood out for his country to the last and devised in the last beleaguered citadel profound schemes for his deliverance and the aggrandizement will sheath his sword and blot his fame. Remove hope and the world becomes a blank and rottenness. See, ladies and gentlemen, this morning I went to my kid's school. It's called All Pro Dad. It's called something Tony Dungy does. Once a month, the first Thursday of each month, I go to school. I take my son to school at 6.30 in the morning. And at 7.15 to 8 before school starts, we sit in and we become All Pro Dads. We spend time with our kids. We have a lesson program we go to. And today's program was on leadership. And they asked the kids, what is leadership? And so many different answers, but leadership is the ability to move people. Leadership is setting example. Leadership is is making things happen. Leadership is moving people from point A where they don't want to be to point B where there could be a better place to be. And today I want to go deep in the head because you deserve it. Because the battle is in the mind, ladies and gentlemen. We are a three-part being. We have a machine called the body. We need to take care of the body. It is a machine. You've got to feed it properly. You've got to water it properly. You've got to rest it occasionally. That body releases 63 known chemicals, and those chemicals make you feel turned on, turned off, excited, helpful, hopeful, helpless, hopeless. Why? Because the mind runs the body. I have a class where we walk across 16 to 1800 coals, the fire walk. And it's all about mind over matter, about the mind over the body, about putting in a program, putting in a track that has your mind focused on where it's going versus where it's at. And because of that focus, it it, it physiologically changes the body. There's different chemicals being released. And we successfully can walk across 16 to 1800 degree coals without being burned. And ladies and gentlemen, let me suggest that the fires in our life, what if they weren't meant to destroy us? But what if there's something better there? It's the fiery furnace. And a lot of people might look at a fiery furnace in a negative way because it's really hot. But a fiery furnace has a great value. See, what you do is you, you, you take three things. You, you, you take something of great value. But that something of great value has something of no value that is attached to it. And we call that dross. Of course, something of great value we call precious. But we need something else to initiate the change. To initiate the intensity and the pressure to take that thing that is of great value, the precious, and put enough pressure on it that it melts, not to be mean. Because when it melts, we can then separate that which has no value, dross, 
from that which has great value, precious. And ladies and gentlemen, I think it's called flux. And what if, what if the situations you are going through are not to hurt you? What if the situations you are going through is not because something's wrong? What if the situations you are going through is actually a growth, is actually a deeper connection, is actually removing all those things, all that dross that doesn't serve you well to get to solely the precious. And so today on Like It Matters Radio and after the break, I'm gonna go into what is this thing that St. John of the Cross called the dark night of the soul, where we no longer have joy, where we no longer have things that used to get excited. I know a lot of you are out there are like that. I, I see in my class, and tonight I start class, and I'm gonna take 11 individuals, wherever they're at in life, and we're gonna take them through a fire furnace, a dark night of the soul, if you will, but not to hurt them, to help them. And so today, we're gonna go into that with you. What if what you're going through is not because you did something wrong? What if what you're going through is not because you've lost your way? What if what you're going through is because God has something great in front of you? In order to take you to the next level, he's gotten to lighten you up a little bit. So after the break, we're gonna go in depth is what is this thing that St. John of the Cross called the dark night of the soul? I'm black. We'll be right back. My show is about helping people become all they were created to be. Well, we all occupy a body and we don't know how it works. We are born into it. But man, that's a machine. And when you understand how that machine works, then you can work it more effectively. That's my outcome, to help people be able to make better decisions, have some hope, be inspired to be better today than they were yesterday, to live their life like it matters. Like It Matters Radio with Scott Black. Leadership Awakening impacts even the seasoned pros. Take a listen to these comments from Kevin, who recently attended Leadership Awakening. I've struggled with a lot of things. I've been in so many different trainings, followed Tony Robbins, John Maxwell, all these great self-development gurus, but... I have never went through a training as difficult and as intense as that 48 hours that we went through. What we went through was absolutely amazing and I'd love to share it with as many people as I could. I kept being told on how intense this training was gonna be, that it was gonna be difficult. And I mean, I've walked on hot fire. I've broken arrows, I've walked on glass, I've done so many things. I thought, how hard could this be? Well, the number one thing that I gained from Leadership Awakening was another level of awareness. If you're ready to go to another level of awareness, go to likeitmatters.net. Just click on Schedule to register for the next Leadership Awakening class near you. That's likeitmatters.net. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. And today, we are talking about the dark night of the soul. Let's be honest, there's a lot of people right now that are a little bit confused. And you might be one of them. And you know, confusion is not necessarily a bad state to be in. Because confusion can either shut you down or it can be a state of learning. And so today, as we're talking about this dark night of the soul, I want you to consider, have you lost something? Do you feel like those things that used to get you going no longer get you going? Do you feel like there's there's just nothing really brings you any joy or satisfaction? 
Do you feel like maybe you're not hitting your purpose like you used to? Are you having a tough time doing some of the things you used to do before? And a lot of people are listening to me right now can say yes. And I'm going to be honest with you, I've been experiencing those things. You know, I'm 57 years old and the things that used to drive me no longer drive me. You know, I put everything in uh, uh, when I was creating Like It Matters. You know, for 31 years, I've been changing lives. My leadership training is likeitmatters.net. Two and a half days will forever change your life. It's intense. It's structured. It's one of the toughest things you ever do. I'm not there to be your buddy, not there to be your friend. I'm there to guide you. See, I was talking about earlier, I went to All Pro Dad at Burton Advanced Academy where my kids go to school here in Arlington, Texas. And Tony Dungy started this because we understand the lack of fathers. And America right now is paying the price for lack of male leadership. For the longest time, men have been told they don't matter. Men have been made out to be like uh, Al Bundy and Homer Simpson. Even Leave it to Beaver Dad, I guess, was kind of a dork. But for the longest time, and then the feminist movement, in order to rise up, they had to put men down because everything's men's fault. And, I'm not, and again, I believe in equal rights. I believe the Christianity and the Bible, Jesus did more to elevate women than any other religion. Jesus used women uh, for his ministry more so than he used men. The little things. Who were the ones at the cross when no one else was there? Who were the first ones at the tomb? I mean, God himself spoke to the mother of Ishmael, and she named him. I mean, God talked to a lot of people, and women were used in many incredible ways in the Bible. Deborah, you look at Rahab, uh, you look at Esther, Ruth, you look at Mary. Incredible. You look at Miriam. Again, Ishmael's mom, Hagar. I think we missed the boat on, on the Muslims. I think we missed the boat on Ishmael. I think we missed the boat on Hagar, but we'll talk about that later. So, ladies and gentlemen, what about you? Are you getting a little hopeless and helpless? What if, what if you could reframe? Remember the power of our mind. I'm not downplaying what you're going through, just like what I'm going through has been tough. I'll say it again. I'm not downplaying what you're going through because what I've been going through is tough. What I'm saying is I wanna bring some hope because what if? What if what you're going through is not gonna hurt you but make you better? What if what you're going through is not because you're being punished, but because you're being prepared for something bigger? What if what you're going through is because you've been relying on things that aren't eternal, that aren't, that aren't permanent, that aren't important? I hate to use that word. See, the battles in the mind, we talked earlier about the, the man being a three-part being. We have a body, it's our tabernacle, it's our tent, we occupy it, it's like your car. If you go to a car dealership, there's thousands of different cars. Some have four doors, some have two doors, some are black, some are orange, some are blue, some are, some are big old cars, some are little bitty cars, some are convertible, some are hard top. Don't you get it? Some are vans, some are trucks, some are cars, some are little cars, some are uh, SUVs, some are big cars, right? That's us. And there are rules that apply to that. You gotta know that. The body releases 63 known chemicals based on what we're thinking about, based on our breathing, and based on our physiology. 
Remember, as Dr. Viktor Frankl said, between the stimulus and the response, there is a space, and in that space is our power. It is our freedom. And the study of epigenetics, Dr. Caroline Leaf says this, that 75 to 90% of the illnesses that plague us today are a direct result of our thought life. What we think about affects us physically and emotionally. It is an epidemic of toxic emotions, she says. She says the average person has somewhere between 30 to 60,000 thoughts per day. And through an uncontrolled thought life, we create the conditions for illness. We make ourselves sick. And here's what happens. Whenever we're talking about communication, we're talking about two types. We're talking about communication with ourselves and communication with others. One is intrapersonal within ourselves. One is interpersonal between people. Most people spend most time working on interpersonal communication if they spend any time on anyone. But can I tell you something? The way we talk to ourselves dictates the way we talk to others. And that's why we got to talk about what's going on. Today's topic at All Pro Dad was leadership. The kids ask the dad's question, the dads ask the kids' questions. And one question that the kids had asked, and my son asked me, so dad, when have you needed to, uh, when have you uh, found it easy to lead, or when have you been called to lead? And my son read the question and laughed, because dad, you're a leader. You train leaders. But you know what leadership is? An example. Leadership's a role model. Leadership's about taking action. Leadership's about bringing hope. And I want you to know, if you're going through a dreadful darkness, it's okay. And Bronte put it this way, a dreadful darkness closes in on my bewildered mind. Oh, let me suffer and not sin, be tortured yet resigned. Through all this world, a whelming mist, still let me look to thee and give me courage to resist the tempter till he flee. Weary I am, oh, give me strength, and leave me not to faint. Say thou wilt comfort me at length, and pity my complaint. I've begged to serve thee heart and soul, to sacrifice to thee, no inward portion, but the whole of my identity. I hoped amid the brave and strong, my portion task might lie, to toil amid the laboring throng with purpose pure and high. But thou hast fixed another part, and thou hast fixed it well. I said so with my bleeding heart, when first the anguish fell. For thou hast taken my delight and hope of life away, and bid me watch the painful night and wait the weary day. The hope and delight were thine. I bless thee for their loan. I gave thee while I deemed them mine, to little thanks I own. Shall I with joy thy blessings share and not endure their loss, or hope the martyr's crown to wear and cast away the cross? These weary hours will not be lost, these days of passive misery, these nights of darkness anguish tossed, I can fix my heart on thee. Weak and weary though I lie, crushed with sorrow, worn with pain, still I may lift to heaven mine eye and strive and labor, not in vain. The inward strife against the sins that ever wait on suffering to watch and strike where first begins, each ill 
that would corruption bring. That secret labor to sustain with humble patience every blow to gather fortitude from my pain and hope and holiness from my woe. Thus, let me serve thee from my heart, whatever be my written fate, whether thus early to depart or yet a while to wait. If thou shouldst bring me back to life, more humbled I should be, more wise, more strengthened for the strife, more apt to lean on thee. Should death be standing at the gate, thus should I keep my vow. But Lord, whatever my future fate, so let me serve thee now. See, ladies and gentlemen, it's not what's happening to us that matters. It's what are we going to do about it? I'm not downplaying what you're going through because I'm going through it myself. But what if? But what if what you're going through is good? See, there's a frame. We have the ability to frame a situation. When we change the frame, it changes the entire meaning. If you take a picture, a portrait, and you change the matting and the frame, you change the perception. You change what the eye is drawn to. And just like you can do that with a picture or painting, you can do that with your life. The battle is in the mind because the mind runs the body. Remember the two of the three parts are the body and then the mind, the battles in the mind. But there's a third part and that third part's called spirit. And that's who you are. You're not the body. You're not the mind. You're the spirit that occupies the body and uses that mind. And so what if, what if nothing in your life changed, but everything changed? See, this weekend, I'm going to take a group of 11 people, and they're going to be basically locked away for two and a half days, separate from the world, fully immersion training. And when they come out of there, their life is going to change. Their life will be brand new. They're going to have hope. They're going to have belief. They're going to have commitment. But here's the thing. Their life is no different. The only thing that's changed is them. The only thing that's changed is their perception. The only thing that's changed is the narrative. The only thing that's changed is their power. The only thing that's changed is their belief about what's going on, why it's going on. And I'm gonna suggest, what if all the pain, what if all the confusion, what if all the fear that's going on out there, even though it's destroying a lot of people, what if you reframed it? and put it away that it helps you grow into the leader that you're called to be that it helps you prepare to help others who are put in your path just for that purpose so today on like it matters radio we're talking about the dark night of the soul and after the break i'm going to help you know how exactly to deal with this we'll be right back welcome to the world of mr black you've had a difference in your relationship with god too tell me about that um, yeah, I was I was raised in a church uh, and I kind of stepped away uh, in, in my adult life and this class kind of brought me right back to, to my faith and that's a huge huge part of my life that's just been missing and I just I, I feel rejuvenated if that makes sense that you know knowing that God's walking right next to me every day every night you know he's right here for me and everyone else for that matter but he's here for for me right yeah. now and you have some peace don't you oh it's 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 really amazing sorry i'm going to get emotional okay. but it's 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 amazing it's an amazing feeling inside my heart 
Like It Matters' unique approach allows people to see, hear, and experience leadership in motion. Like It Matters Radio. Radio Like It Matters. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio Like It Matters. And today, I want you to know you matter. And today, I want you to know what you're going through, even though it might seem negative, might not be negative. It's not what happens to us that matters. It's how we respond to it. And today we're talking about what something called St. John of the Cross called the dark night of the soul. It's an interesting place. And when St. John was talking about dark, he didn't mean fearful. Although with darkness, there is a little bit of unknown uncertainty, which can elicit fear. But what it meant was when it got so dark that you had no choice, that you could not rely on your own faculties anymore, that you had to have faith, you had to have total trust. It's almost like you, you gave in, you gave up. You stopped swimming against the stream. You say, okay, God, here I am, take me, use me. I'm gonna stop interfering, I'm gonna stop hindering. But it's uncomfortable. Remember, there are three zones we live in. We have the comfort zone. Right outside of that is our zone called fear. And right side of that is our zone called panic. And a lot of people run from fear. And yet what we should do is move into fear. Because one thing I learned about fear a long time ago is it's false evidence appearing real. I learned a long time ago that fear is a straw man. The only power that fear has is the power that we give it. See, a lot of people want to be comfortable. There's the lie. Our comfort zones are where things go to die. And let's be honest, we've got far too comfortable. And one of the things that the dark night of the soul does, it makes us uncomfortable. Because right outside of our comfort zone, that is fear's address. And the way to overcome fear is to confront it, to face it to feel the fear and do it anyways. And that's the value of the dark night of the soul. Matter of fact, there's this great poem from David White and he understood the value of making peace with the darkness. Time to go into the dark where the night has eyes to recognize its own. There you can be sure you are not beyond love. The dark will be your womb tonight the night will give you a horizon further than you can see. You must learn one thing. The world was made to be free in. Give up all the other worlds except the one to which you belong. Sometimes it takes darkness and the sweet confinement of your aloneness to learn anything or anyone that does not bring you alive is too small for you. And see, ladies and gentlemen, we're being fed a lot of stuff out there. It's dark. I mean, we're now being taught to be racist. We're now being taught to hate people. This is not my, I'm not making this up. I'm not being political. I'm being factual. Remember, follow the science. Uh, this guy named James Klug, K-L-U-G, uh, had a YouTube, has a YouTube uh, channel. And he went out. And it was, uh, I don't know, it was in New York City. It was one of the liberal st uh, states. Uh, and he approached people of color. 
and he asked them a simple question. Is it bad being white? Uh, Spencer, why don't you go ahead and play them a clip? You agree or disagree with the following statement? It is okay to be white. No, that's not that's not okay. It's terrible to be white. No, no. y'all got too much. Yeah, y'all got Who too much. Who want to be white? That's awful. No. Okay, so so why is why is that? Why is it not okay to be white? Y'all have the race as a people. Y'all have done too much. I would as rather people. Yeah, as a whole. And it's it's a little it's a group of people. Too much good or too much bad? Too much bad. The, the majority is not is like bottom of the barrel. Really? Really? Yeah. Should we be judging people based on the content of their character and yeah. not the color of their skin? No, you need to, the color of skin is very important. It is important. By the way, do you agree with her? <laughs> yes, she does. I have a black son. I don't want my son come home with no white woman. At all. He know better. Hmm. Do you tell him that? Yes. How old's your son? 21. And he's not allowed to date? Not, he could date who he want, but they can't come to my house. And I'm not going to have no parts of it. I don't want no mixed babies. I want a black baby, grandchild. That's what I want. I feel like it's not okay to be racist. It is okay to be racist. But white people have made it where it's so easy to be racist. Isn't that stunning? So yeah, an older black woman and a, a, a younger black woman. I don't know if she's her daughter or whatever. And the very last thing, so it's okay to be racist. And the young girl goes, no. And the woman goes, the mom goes, yeah, it is. Oh, and, they, and then the younger lady goes, but, but white people make it so easy to be racist. See, this is what leadership, remember I talked about Tony Dungy's group, All Pro Dads. And today we we're talking about leadership. The kids were asked, what is leadership? And they got all the kids in a circle. And they had one of the dads leave the room. And then one of the girls was a leader. And whatever she did, she would do it first. And then all the other kids would follow. And so that parent would come in. And his job was to find out, uh, to pick out who was the leader. And they're eight-year-old kids. So it's pretty simple. Everybody's standing around. Then one person does something. Then they all do it. And then they, she stops. And then she does something else. And then everybody else does that thing. And guess how easy it was to see who the leader was. Well, who's the leader of this country now? The Bidens. The deep state. Whether you like it or not, this is not political. Please get on that. I'm just factual data now. And so here's this. You know, we hear how great Joe Biden is and how wonderful is and deadbeat dads and all that. So here's this thing. Hunter Biden's twisted attempts to keep his little girl from using his name are now in the new realm. The viciousness of the Biden family toward Hunter's daughter, four-year-old Navy Joan Borders on Monstrous. On Monday, Hunter Biden will finally make it to Arkansas. The natural state itself is not a favorite Biden family destination, but there's one thing that would ordinarily be an attraction, Biden's daughter, Navy Joan. In the Biden family, the four-year-old girl remains she who not be named. They won't even call her name. Literally, not only has President Biden refused to refer to her as a grandchild or even include a Christmas stocking with the other children, her father Hunter is fighting to prevent her from even using his last name. Now, I want you to tell you what's going to happen to this four-year-old girl. Her dad doesn't want her. Her dad slept with a, a prostitute. Remember, Stormy Daniels is wonderful. Everybody loves Stormy Daniels because she could destroy Donald Trump. But Hunter Biden's mother of his baby is a piece of trash. She's a tramp. She has no right to be even mentioned. And that daughter has no right to share by. 
Do you see what I'm saying? I mean, so what is someone to believe? Do kids matter or don't they matter? Is it okay to be a deadbeat dad or not be a deadbeat dad? Is it okay for a grandfather who supposedly is the most kind person in the world, the greatest Catholic ever to live, to actually have as much hatred that he won't even acknowledge his granddaughter and disowns her and they won't even speak her name? This is sad. See, the Surgeon General lays out a framework. He says that there's an epidemic. You know what's going on? Loneliness, isolation. And here we are, this is what we're doing to our kids. We're isolating them. We're confusing our kids. We're telling them that they, they, they don't, what, what sex they were born, that, that was wrong, God made a mistake. We're telling them to keep secrets from parents. You see, this is what's going on in the dark night of the soul. People are confused, people are lost. And we gotta realize, what are we gonna do with this? Are we gonna let it destroy us? Because there's a lot of dark stuff out there. YouTube sensation Piper Raquel's mom crowed that she was a, quote, pimp making kitty porn on the video sharing website where her daughter and her friends dressed in skimpy outfits and had scripted makeout sessions, alleged a bombshell lawsuit. Raquel's mom, Tiffany Smith, 40, is facing a civil trial in Los Angeles later this year over shocking allegations of physical, sexual, and emotional abuse of 11, year, 11 young co-stars. Smith and her live-in boyfriend, Hunter Hill, 25, who is also named in the suit, produced Raquel's popular Piper Squad channel, which raked in more than $500,000 a month. Did you hear this? They're making a half a million dollars a month pimping little kids, while her co-stars didn't earn a penny, according to plaintiff's attorney. Smith, the CEO of Piper Raquel Inc. and Hill, the director and cinematographer, launched the channel in 2016, which now has 11 million subscribers. See, people don't care. It doesn't matter what they're doing. Raquel and the couple live in a $3 million hot pink house in Sherman Oaks that once belonged to actress Bella Thorne. The mother manager who called herself their madams, this is what she called herself, often reminded the teenagers that sex sells, encouraging the girls to push their butts out and dress sluttier. This is how we're leading our kids. And so it's okay to be confused. Matter of fact, there's actually something out there called anhedonia. Anhedonia is a common symptom of mental health disorder like depression, anxiety, and post-traumatic stress disorder that really takes away the joy from everything. And so after the break, I want to go into this dark night of the soul. It's one thing to be depressed, and if you have depression, you need to deal with it. Remember the battles in the mind between the stimulus and the response, there's a space, and in that space is our power, is our freedom. Cognitive behavioral therapy is the only uh, therapy ever proven to get people off antidepressants. And you know what cognitive behavioral therapy is? It's like what Paul wrote in the book of Corinthians, to hold your thoughts captive, to hold your thoughts captive, to grab a hold of your thoughts and say, is this thought serving me well? Or is this thought shutting me down? Is it making me sad? And so I want to consider after the break, I'm going to go deep into this thing called that St. John called the dark night of the soul. And I want you to consider that maybe, maybe some of what you're going through is not bad. Maybe some of what you're going through is because God's separating you because you're in this world, but not of this world. And up until now, maybe, just maybe, you've gotten too attached to things that aren't important. You've got some hitchhikers. You've got some dross. And what we need is a little bit of flux to get rid of that dross. 
And after the break, let's bring a little bit of flux to get rid of that dross to bring out the precious. I'm Black. We'll be right back. Take a listen to these words about Like It Matters Leadership Awakening from a recent attendee. Leadership Awakening is like nothing else. It's incomparable to any other training that I've been through, and that's executive professional communication training to, to how to hold a fork. It, the, the Leadership Awakening is a deep mental experience where I was forced to challenge my mind in a way that I've never been challenged before and it's there's nothing like it there's 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 no way to explain it with words you have to experience it leadership awakening change your heart change your mind change your life go to likeitmatters.net slash schedule for the next leadership awakening it's not only changing lives it's saving lives that's likeitmatters.net slash schedule Like It Matters Radio. Radio, like it matters, because you matter. And today we're talking about the dark night of the soul. We all know what it's like to wonder and doubt. Things that used to drive us no longer drive us. Things that used to get us excited no longer get us excited. We're having a hard time having hope. The country that we once loved is now lost. Things that we used to always believe in as a country are now are attacked. I need for me, uh, I'm a white man who's a Christian. And those three things are the biggest enemies of uh, Joe Biden's America Day. Why does that matter? Because we identify. Our identity is everything. Everything stems from our identity. I am. When Jesus walked this planet, he made eight I am statements. Matter of fact, when in, in Genesis, uh, sorry, uh, in Exodus, I think it's chapter two or chapter three. When uh, Moses uh, sees the burning bush, he sees a fire but not being consumed. He turns the bush. He repents. And God says, you're going to free my people. And he says, that's great. When I go to Pharaoh, the most powerful man in the world, with the greatest army in the world, and tell him to relieve or release our people, who do I tell him sent me? And he said, tell him, I am, I am, Yahweh, Yahweh, not your way, not my way, Yahweh, I am, I am white skinned. And as you heard the lady say, oh, you don't want to be white. It's terrible. White people are evil, right? That's what we're told now. So my little five or eight-year-old son, Benaya, who hasn't done anything to hurt anybody, is now evil because of the color of his skin that he had no choice in. I'm a man. And we've known for a long time that men are not needed anymore, that men are evil, that the only drug that's illegal on a college campus is toxic masculinity. So evil are men that many men now want to become women. And the women of the year are men. The women athletes of the year are men. The world record holders are men. So much for Title IX. So much for women's liberation. So much for ERA, right? (laughs) But see, we're just followers. 
Remember, today's show uh, uh, was about leadership at All Pro Dad. See, people watch. People learn from what they see. People are programmed. We're all programmed creatures. This thing on Facebook, it shows a cat with a fish in its mouth. And this cat was, I guess, was a homeless cat living uh, by a fish market. I don't know what city this is in, but living by a little fish market. And each day that cat, a feline, a creature, would watch people come in and buy fish. They'd come in, they'd get a fish, and they'd hand them a piece of paper, right? So a cat is just a piece of paper. A cat doesn't understand money. So cat watches us over and over. Someone hands them paper, that guy hands them a fish. Someone hands them paper, that guy hands them a fish. If you don't understand what I'm talking about, just Google Pavlov's dogs. It's conditioned stimulus response. So this cat watched this. And so what did this cat do? This cat took a leaf, a piece of paper, something to exchange, something that fell from the tree put it in his mouth, and came to the owner. On the first day, surprise, he took her, quote, money, and gave her a fish. From that day on, every morning, she comes to that fish market with a leaf in her mouth as payment for breakfast. Behavior modification, behavior reinforcement, this is how we're trained. This is why for a lot of people when they experience pain, they move away from it because pain is a great motivator. Remember, neurosocial conditioning says that there's two driving force in life, the avoidance of pain and the desire for pleasure. But can I suggest that there's a lot of unnecessary pain out there? A lot of pain that we go through that we weren't intended to, God didn't want us to, but we chose that. Look what we're doing in America. We're making young people medical experience for the rest of their life. If you're not old enough to consent to have sex, if you can't legally sign a contract, then how could you submit yourself to gender reassignment surgery? People, wake up. This is not about hating LGBTQT. I don't care what you do in your room. It's between you and God. I could care less. God's got it handled. You don't get in between me and my sin, and I won't get in between you and your sin. The Dark Night of the Soul by St. John of the Cross, translated by David Lewis. In a dark night, the anxious love inflamed, O happy lot. Forth unobserved I went, my house being now at rest. In darkness and in safety, by the secret ladder disguised, O happy lot. In darkness and concealment, my house being now at rest. In that happy night, in secret scene of none, seeing not myself without other light or guide, save that which in my heart was burning. That light guided me more surely than the noonday sun to the place where he was waiting for me, whom I knew well, and where none appeared. O guiding night, O night more lovely than the dawn, O night that hast united the lover with his beloved and changed her unto her love. O my flowery bosom, kept whole for him alone, there he reposed and slept, and I cherished him, and the waving of the cedars fanned fanned him.
as his hair floated in the breeze. That from the turret blew. He struck me on the neck with his gentle hand, and all sensation left me. I continued in oblivion lost. My head was resting on my love, lost to all things and myself, and amid the lilies forgotten, threw all my cares away. What is the dark night of the soul, ladies and gentlemen? The dark night of the soul is an experience described by St. John of the Cross. It seems daunting and scary, certainly something to avoid, if you will. However, the dark night isn't an absence of God, but a unification with him. It's an experience of God drawing so close to your heart that it is uncomfortable. Remember, we talked about the three zones, the comfort zone, the zone outside that's called fear, and the zone outside that called panic. See, God is a self-serving God who created us for the sole purpose of sharing his love with us. He desires to be close to us and give us his heart, which St. John described as the loving inflow of God. He wants to fill our hearts with love. What's the problem then? Why is it so uncomfortable? It's uncomfortable because we often don't have room in our hearts for that much love. We fill our hearts with so many other things that when God comes to pour his heart into ours, it's too full. That's the key, ladies and gentlemen. We've grabbed a hold of things that don't matter. As John the Baptist said, I must decrease so he can increase. I've got to empty myself out. It's like a glass. If I have water in a glass and I want to add something else to it, if I, the more water I have, the less the something else I can add. St. John the Cross put it this way. There are so many wounds, weaknesses, and attachments we have that are so deep in us. Only God can break those down. No matter how much individuals do through their own efforts, they cannot actively purify themselves enough to be disposed for the, last degree, uh, for the least degree. Divine union of perfect love. God has to take over and purge them in a fire that's dark for them. See, the dark night of the soul allows God to enter our hearts and purify them so that we are able to receive his love. It allows us to learn how to rely on a deeper level of prayer, a deeper level of love. We are stripped of the surface emotions and comforts of our faith, revealing the true foundation. St. John goes on to say, quote, they are through pure dryness and interior darkness. God weans them from the breast of these gratifications and delights. And he takes away all these childish ways. Eventually, God is going to have to take over. God brings the soul from the sweet breast that I might be strengthened. And God puts the child down from his arm that it may grow accustomed to walking by itself. See, the dark night of soul, when used properly, is like discipline. It's like when you allow your kids to fall down and you allow them to pick themselves up, themselves off, hit again. You don't pick them up. You encourage them. You tell them so they can learn how to pick themselves up. Three signs of the dark night of soul. You can't find satisfaction or delight in anything. You're filled with a great concern that you're not serving God or not serving your purpose. And you're unable to get a deep feeling of closeness to God. I want you to reframe this. See, all three of these are signs that present. It's valid to conclude that you're experiencing this process of purification. Embrace it. Ask God to clean you up. Ask God to help you go to the next level. Don't run from the dark night of the soul. Rest in it. Find peace in it. I am black reminding you, when you live your life, it matters. It does. You have been listening to Mr. Black, Master Trainer for Like It Matters. 
Please find us on Facebook by searching LIM Radio. Make sure to follow us, like our posts, and share with others. Also, search YouTube for Like It Matters. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. And for more information on how we can help you live life like it matters, go to likeitmatters.net where you can find more information on our transformational training, our life coaching, counseling, our radio show, and other ways we help you continue the journey of living life like it matters.